This is the day the Lord has made. Thank you for joining us in worship today. We praise God for you and however you're listening. We pray the message you receive will allow you to strengthen your relationship in Christ and build his kingdom as we seek God, shape lives, and serve the world. to God this wonderful Sunday morning he has given us the blessed privilege of gathering one more time in the house of prayer I am grateful to God for his faithfulness in the midst of my faithlessness Thank God that he has granted us this opportunity to worship together in spirit and in truth. Amen. Amen. If being sheltered in place has taught us anything, it has taught us that we can worship all by ourselves. But there is something special about being able to gather together with brothers and sisters in Christ, those of like mind and like spirit, to give praise, glory, and honor to a God who is worthy to be praised. Amen. Amen. So I am, I am honored today to be here. I certainly want to thank Pastor Tillman for the privilege of coming to share with you uh, for three days in strategic planning session and then for uh, the great honor of standing in this sacred space uh, to declare the word of God. We are praying for him today that God will bless him and strengthen him. We praying for all of those uh, who uh, are still struggling in the midst of this pandemic. Uh, but we know, even as dark as days may look sometimes, we know that the God we serve is able. Amen. Amen. I, I certainly want to express my appreciation to ministers and the deacons and the staff of, of the First African Baptist Church who have just made uh, my stay here uh, an enjoyable one. I haven't wanted for anything and uh, they keep asking me what I want. I say nothing. I'm all right. Amen. I got a chance to get away and I can, I can sleep a little bit. And so I am grateful to God for that and uh, I just want to express my appreciation uh, for you, uh, for all that you have done. You can rouse. Uh, I thought I was going to get his car towed at the airport as he was waiting for me to come out and my bags were an hour and a half late and uh, somehow he found a guardian angel there at the airport who let him park right there and nobody bothered his car. Amen. Amen. So we are, I am thankful to God uh, for you. I'm grateful today 
uh, as I look out and see each and every one of you, and I see uh, a couple of my members. Amen. 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 Grateful to God. Uh, I see Sister Sister Jacqueline Gilmore is present. She drove over from Statesboro, Georgia. Uh, she is not only a member of Lilydale First Baptist, but she is my next door neighbor. Amen. Next door neighbor. And she got up, and, and all of her family went back to Chicago for this weekend, and she drove over uh, to be with us this morning uh, in worship. And I want you to know how grateful I am and appreciative I am for that. And then Brother Anthony Johnson is here. And, uh, Brother Johnson was not my next door neighbor, but he lived around the block. Amen. And, and uh, he and his wife have just recently relocated to Savannah and he said I've been waiting to go visit First African Baptist and I said well I'm here this morning come on come on and visit First African Baptist and it's great to see you and I, I pray that God is blessing you uh, and your family and that you're finding uh, your way and finding things well here in the great city of Savannah. Well this is not the first time that I've been to First African Baptist, so you all must know by now that I am not a 747 preacher. You know, you know what that is, right? I see some looks looking at me like this, and I don't get that one. No, 747 needs a long runway before it takes off. Amen. Amen. And if it needs a long runway to take off, it needs a long space to land. Amen. Amen. And when folks get used to that, they, they kind of wait until you get up in the air uh, before they get with you. And, uh, and then, you know, they can go with you when you land. But listen, I'm a helicopter. <laughs> So if you, if you wait for a long takeoff and a long landing, I'll be through before you wake up. Amen. 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 I, I want to call your attention uh, once again to the passage of scripture that has been read uh, in your hearing uh, twice this morning, and I guess three times is the charm, uh, from Acts chapter 5 verses 27 through 29 and verses 41 and 42. And when they had brought them, they set them before the council and the high priest asked them saying, did we not straightly command you that you should not teach in this name? And behold, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than men. And verse 41 says, and they departed from, his, from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. And daily in the temple and in every house, they ceased not to teach and preach Jesus Christ 
The Lord bless the reading of his word. For a few moments this morning, I, I want to talk about the church rebooted. Amen. We've been doing strategic planning all week, so I, I want to talk about the church rebooted. Spirit of the living God, Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us, break us, meld us, and mold us after your will, and then use us in your service. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. The church rebooted. Can, can I suggest to us uh, from the onset that as we are hopefully and prayerfully coming out of this insidious pandemic that has gripped us for now two and a half years, that if the church is going to be the light of the world that it ought to be in this post-pandemic age, it's going to be the salt of the earth that is needed, uh, then I'm convinced that the church is going to have to do a reboot in certain areas uh, of its ministry. Um, those who are technologically inclined know that, that sometimes in your computer, when things freeze or the programs don't act like they're supposed to act or if you've had some recent updates the only way to get it to operate the way it is supposed to operate is that you have to reboot it and I suggest today that, that after two and a half years uh, of being sheltered in place, social distancing, uh, mass mandated, and, and all of the other things that have come along with the COVID-19 pandemic, that as the church begins to emerge from this, uh, we're going to have to take notice that perhaps during the course of these last few years, there have been some updates. And uh, because of this COVID-19 virus, perhaps there's been some freezing in our programming. And, and maybe some of the stuff that we were doing before uh, has stopped working the way we thought it ought to work. And if we're going to be relevant in a post-pandemic world, the church is desperately in need of a reboot. Amen. Can I tell you today that, that the church uh, is brought face to face with this necessity, uh, usually in the cause or in the face of trial and tribulation, that when uh, our faith has been put on trial, uh, then we must stand the test and win the victory 
in order for us to effectively and further the cause of the spread of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'll say it, we, I say hopefully we're coming out, but we are still in a pandemic. And, and that pandemic places our faith on trial. It causes us to have to, to look at uh, where we are and if what we did before we went into trouble is going to help us and be viable as we come out of trouble. Will the faith of the postmodern, the post-pandemic church really stand the test of time? How does, here's the real question, how does a cultural outbreak against the church affect its character and nature? We've already seen how it's affected our nature because now all of us on the World Wide Web. Amen, amen. I said it this week during the strategic planning. You, you can't tell the difference between a storefront and a mega church. If they're all inside the, the viewfinder of the camera, they all look the same. So, so how does it affect our nature and our character? I believe that this text really gives us a clear picture of what uh, not only uh, our nature and character looks like, but also how we are to reboot the church in order to be effective in the midst of challenge. The apostles had been in prison solely for the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. They had been instructed by the Sanhedrin council not to preach Jesus. I, I want you to get it. They had been arrested, put in jail for preaching Jesus, and then they were told by the council, if you want to get out of here, if you want to stay out of trouble, don't preach Jesus because you are putting his blood on us. We want you to keep your mouths shut. As a matter of fact, they really had no intention of letting them go. But the Bible says that an angel came and set them free. And when the angel set them free, Acts chapter 5 says they went back to the temple and immediately started preaching Jesus. Listen, I think there's a picture here that, uh, for the church today because, you know, what, what were we doing before we went in? And what have we been doing while we've been in this, in this pandemic pause? Well, I tell you one thing you ought to make certainly clear of, that as soon as we are released from it, you ought to make it your business to start preaching Jesus. They had been locked up. But they had not been locked out. Uh, they, they still had it in their mind that their chief responsibility was to preach Jesus. And, and, and when they went out to the temple and started preaching Jesus again, you know what happened? They got arrested again. <laughs> Amen. 
they, they were arrested a second time and they were brought once again to the Sanhedrin council. And the Sanhedrin council said, did we not command you not to teach in his name? You have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine. And then Peter stood up along with all of the other apostles and he says, we ought to obey God rather than man. My brothers and sisters, here, here is the first thing that I believe we ought to do if we're going to reboot the church coming out of this pandemic. Because a reboot requires, first of all, that we establish our priorities. Amen. Amen. They, they, they were arrested and said, don't preach Jesus. Uh, they, they were locked up and set free by the angel. And then they went right back to preaching Jesus and were arrested again. And, and Peter says, listen, our priority is to obey God rather than man. The answer by Peter reflects the first thing that happens to the church. As a result of pandemic, it, it, it establishes its priority. And, and I like the word, uh, uh, Reverend Lockett, that, that, that Peter uses. He says, ought we obey God rather than man? The, the word ought comes from the root word, oh. You missed it. The word ought comes from the root word oh. It, it, it literally is a word of fidelity. It's a word that says because of who God is and what God has done for me, I owe him. I ought to do it because I owe it to him. Are you with me this morning? I ought to praise him because I owe it to him. I've been freed from prison, so I, I ought to do it. I owe him for my freedom. Peter reveals that in the midst of universal persecution, it is important to get your priorities straight. Listen, it's not the space that we worship in it's the savior that we worship it's not the worship center but it is the christ of our worship it's not the building but it is the builder i ought to do it so in the post-pandemic church we must learn to establish our priorities that that, that we we preach jesus because uh, we owe it to him. Amen. He, he put breath in our lungs this morning. Amen. He, he saved us in spite of being surrounded by COVID. We owe it to him. Because we owe, we ought to do it. Amen. Nobody ought to have to beg us in order to get us to work for the glory of God. We owe it because of what God has already done for us. Anybody here this morning that understands that, that we owe a debt of gratitude to a holy God who has done so much. I ought because I owe. 
Amen. Amen. I'm, I'm getting warmed up. Let me get to my second point. That, that the church reboots, the first step in its reboot is that it establishes its priority. Now, if you read this, and you'll notice I skipped some verses, uh, that's not because they're not in the text and what I want to talk about, but there's a lot going on there, and, and it would take me a, a, a probably an hour and a half sermon to do it. And uh, in, in this video age, you got to say what you say in about 30 minutes and, and get out of here. Amen. 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 I, I learned that in, in this pandemic. And so let me, let me just sum it up in between that, that they arrested them. And Peter says, I ought because I owe. And then they started wondering what they were going to do with them. And, and they argued. And Gamaliel said, listen, leave them alone. He said, if it's of, of God, you can't stop it. Amen. And if it's not of God, it will come to naught. So don't bother them. Well, they heard Gamaliel, but they still had to get their jab in. They beat them, and then they turned them loose again. And verse 41 says that, that when they left, they left with a strange mindset. I want you to see it in the text. They were arrested once, they escaped. They arrested a second time, they were beaten and then set free. And when they left the second time after being beaten and scourged, the Bible says they left rejoicing. You missed it. They were beaten, but they left rejoicing. Which says to me that if we're going to reboot, the church, the second thing that must happen, not only must we establish our priorities, but secondly, we must learn to excite our praise. In times of crises, in times of trouble, in times of stress, that's not the time to get down in the dumps. That's the time to excite your praise. Yes, I'm going through some difficulties, but I give God the glory anyhow. Yes, there's some burdens on my shoulders, but I'm going to praise him in the hallelujah anyhow. Again, Gamaliel said, uh, leave them alone. If it be of God, you can't overthrow it. And if it be of man, it will come to naught. They were beaten and once again commanded not to preach in the name of Jesus. And here is the exciting part. They left there rejoicing. Beaten, but rejoicing. Wounded, but rejoicing. Scourged, but rejoicing. Here is what excited their praise. The text says they left there rejoicing because they said we were counted worthy to suffer for his name. That's where your hallelujah ought to go, right there. Amen. They, they left rejoicing because they were counted worthy to suffer. I know that's a strange concept for, for modern Christians. To be counted worthy to suffer for his name. Psychologists suggest that there are four, four classes in suffering. 
The first class is those who are obliged to suffer. That, that means you did it and you're reaping the benefits. Amen. You brought it on yourself. So you're obliged to suffer. It, it, it's a natural outgrowth of what you've already done. And so you are just reaping what you so be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, the same thing shall he also reap. You, you are obliged to suffer. Listen, don't get bit out of shape. If you lie on somebody and they turn around and lie on you, you are obliged to suffer. Listen, if, if you mistreat somebody and then somebody else turns around and mistreats you, you are obliged to suffer. But not only uh, are there those who are obliged to suffer, but the second class is that there are those who are willing to suffer. If that, that's those, that's really a matter of attitude. That, that even though I didn't do anything, I, I'm willing to take it so that somebody else will be better off. Amen. Amen. You, you remember Dr. Martin Luther King's sermon the night before he was assassinated? He, he said, listen, I ain't worried about it anymore. I, I, you know, I, I know I'd like to live a long life and longevity has its place, but I've, I've been to the mountaintop and I've, I've seen the, uh, uh, the lightning flash and I've heard the thunder. He said, I've been there and I know that we as a people will make it to the, to the promised land. What he was really saying is that I'm, I'm willing to suffer because I know that even in my suffering, victory will be there for those that I'm suffering for. And I, I, I remember, <laughs> I'm the oldest uh, in my family. I've got three brothers and a baby sister. And uh, so when my family would go out on Saturday mornings to go get groceries, it was my job to make sure that all the chores in the house were done before they came back because if it weren't done, you'd be in real trouble. And I had a younger brother, he's only, if we were born in the same year, we'd be Irish twins, only 10 months between us, so he figured I couldn't tell him anything. And he, he would not do any of his work. And, and I learned after getting in trouble a number of times that the easiest thing for me to do when he locked himself in the bathroom so I couldn't get him to make him do his chores was to just do all of his chores so that I wouldn't get in trouble when mom and daddy came back and I would spare him a whipping because he didn't do his work. I was willing to do it all simply so that he would not have to pay the price. Amen. If I was on my way to my clothes, I tell you today, Jesus was willing to go to Calvary Amen. So that he would pay the price for all of us. That we didn't have to pay the debt of our own sin. So there are those who are willing to suffer. It's a matter of attitude. Everybody can't do it. Amen. Everybody can't take the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune. Everyone cannot handle the criticism that is undeserved. Everyone can't take the, the stress that is placed on leadership. 
You have to be willing to suffer. The third category of suffering, uh, there's obliged and willing, but the third category is those who are able to suffer. And that's just a matter of strength. I can take it. I don't want it. But I can take it anyhow. Listen, we're, we're, here we are this morning in First African Baptist Church where, where uh, uh, those who were slaves coming into this country were able to, to be hidden and, and then to gain some freedom. But there are some who were slaves who took the beating. Yeah. Amen. As a matter of fact, they say about, about us, I've been, I, I met uh, with the vice president of South Africa uh, in the presidential office in Johannesburg and and uh, one of the things that he said to me was he said he said we look towards African-Americans because you are the strongest among us I, I, I didn't get that I said he said we here we are in Africa coming out of apartheid uh, we're 40 years when I met with him. He said we're 40 years coming out of apartheid Which means we've been 40 years in the wilderness We're looking to learn how to live in the promised land and we're looking towards you as African-Americans Because you are the strongest among us. I said well, how are we the strongest among us? He said because you survived You went through the middle passage you went through chattel slavery. You went through the loss of life. You went through the civil rights movement and you are still standing. You are able. You're able to suffer. Then there are those who are obliged, those who are willing, those who are able. But then finally, there's that fourth category. That's those who are permitted. And, and, and being permitted to suffer is an area of grace. God looks at you and he says, I'm going to permit you to go through because I know you're worthy. Are you with me this morning? You remember Job? Amen. A righteous man? in the sight of God and, and the Bible says God just took the hedge around from around him so that he could be uh, uh, attacked by Satan he was permitted to suffer simply because God already knew he was worthy of being able to handle whatever came his way the church my brothers and sisters rejoices because even now we have been permitted to to suffer for the name of Jesus. Here they were arrested, beaten, set free, and then uh, they kept right on preaching. And because God knew that they were worthy, they rejoiced because they said, we've been counted worthy to suffer for his name. I don't know how you feel about it today, but I want to be found worthy. I want to hear his voice say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I want to be one of those who, when you've been tried by the fire, that you will come out like pure gold. And so they rejoiced. They excited their praise because they were found worthy in the sight of God to suffer for his name. I'm almost in my seat. I got one more point. The church is rebooted. 
first of all establishes his priorities the church rebooted secondly excites his praise but thirdly and finally when the church is rebooted it extends its proclamation in verse 42 it says and daily in the temple and in every house they cease not to preach and teach Jesus Christ they left there the Bible says and they preached Jesus they went to the temple where they had already been amen they got arrested in the temple when they called him the second time they were in the temple but when they set him free this last time they left and not only did they go back to the temple but the text says they went to every house amen they didn't just stay go back to what they were doing but they extended the reach of their proclamation they went to every single house preaching and teaching Jesus Christ this my brothers and sisters is a verse which gives us one of the best exhibitions of the energy of the church they worked and they witnessed because the work of the church is preaching and teaching Mark chapter uh, 1 verse 14 it says Jesus came out of the wilderness preaching teaching and healing he, he went there uh, uh, to, to make sure that they knew the word of God he proclaimed it he taught it and then he gave healing to their lives that's what Jesus did and when the church was rebooted and set free they did the same thing that Jesus did that's really all I'm trying to tell you today that when the Lord sets us free from this period we're in we ought to go back to doing what the Lord did they did what he did they taught they preached and they witnessed witnessing is really is giving evidence to what it is you preach and it says that it was all wrapped up in one message they preached Jesus Christ my friends, that really is all that God calls us to do in a post-pandemic age. It is to remind the world uh, that in spite of the suffering that you go through, you, you, you can't make it through that suffering unless you have Jesus on your side. They preached Jesus. We must not shun the great work of the church. We must preach Jesus. We must not hide uh, the witness that he's given to us we must preach Jesus even though we may be locked down and but we're not locked out we still ought to preach Jesus people are dying on the street every day they need to hear a word about Jesus folk are dropping because of this insidious disease they need a word about Jesus folk are leaving here and they're dying in their sins they need a word about Jesus this is the response to the church in a post-pandemic age this is how the church ought to reboot itself in the love of God establish our priorities excite our praise and extend our 
proclamation. This is our divine responsibility to glory in the cross. This is our responsibility to count shame as honor for his name. This is our responsibility to be undaunted in crises, to dispel the evil report of the enemy, and to declare the acceptable year of our Lord, to preach in season and out of season, to preach the good news of Jesus the Christ. Born in a manger, Jesus, walking the dusty hillside of Judea, Jesus, feeding the hungry, opening blinded eyes, and raising the dead, Jesus, taking a Roman cross on his shoulder, marching up Golgotha's hill, he died for your sin and mine, he that we might have a right to the tree of life was laid in a borrowed grave stay there all night Friday stay there all day Saturday stay there all night Saturday night but I feel my back is coming on here early 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 Sunday morning to reboot today. We ought to have a message, a witnessing word to the world that says, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of God, in his spirit washed in his blood do you have a story today this is my story this is my song praising my savior all the day long let us establish our priorities let us excite our praise and then let us be about the business of extending our proclamation that men, women, boys, and girls might come into the saving knowledge of Jesus the Christ. Maybe there's someone present today who does not know Jesus in the pardon of your sins. You're outside of the ark of safety, but you know that today is the right time for me to receive him. Jesus said that the day that you hear my voice, harden not your heart. So we extend the invitation to Christian discipleship. You will today come confessing a hope in him as a candidate for baptism. That means that I, I come saying, Lord, I believe that you are the son of God. I believe that you died for my sins. I believe that you were buried and rose again. I believe that you're coming back and I want to be with you when you come. 
you're here today and out of the church we invite you to come come confessing hope in him or maybe you're a Christian you've been baptized you've accepted him but you're really not in the church you want to be spiritual but you don't want to be churchy can I just tell you today that that the church was established by Jesus as a place for his people being a Christian and not in church is like being a fish out of water and you do know that a fish out of water won't survive long unless he gets back in the water I want to invite you today if you're a Christian but you haven't been in church to get in church First African Baptist is a great church for you to be in but I'm sure if this is not where you want to go they'll send you where you want to go because they don't want you to be struggling for air and for breath they want you in the church the body of Christ is there one come upon your Christian experience you can come by letter from your previous church become a part of this fellowship this is your opportunity to receive him as Savior and Lord can we just sing just a verse of that blessed assurance blessed assurance Jesus is mine oh what a God for the opportunity to extend the privilege of the church. Pray that God will bless you if you let this moment pass. Our prayer is that God will give you another opportunity before it is everlastingly too late. out of his busy schedule to be here with us the entire week. 
A lot of times you see people, they come in, they come out, they dip out, and that's all. But let me tell you about his character from what I saw. One of the things that you all don't know, because you all see me moving around a lot, I don't usually have a lot of contact with the ministers that come here to speak or to do the workshops because I'm doing various other things. I noticed something about him on the first night of the seminar. He reminded me of years ago, I had a prince in that I met and I had some leftover and this prince agreed to eat my leftovers with me. You can tell a lot about a person by what they eat. Most of y'all don't know I'm a chef, so I'm around a whole lot of different people. When he came in on that first day, I was looking for him because usually the speakers, they usually go out to a restaurant and they eat separately. But this gentleman, and I say gentleman, came in, got a paper plate, and ate family dinner with us. And it wasn't like it was anything extravagant. It was just our family dinner. And he took time out to eat with us in our midst at the tables with us among us. And that says a great bit about his character, his personality, and the vision that he has for his ministry. Without prolonging everything, I want to say thank you. Thank you, Pastor, for coming. Because it means a lot to have you here. Sincerely. Also, we want to thank... I want to thank Deacon Riles. A lot of times we say people do things because that's their job and they're supposed to do something. But he has gone above and beyond this week. And I really appreciate all that he's done and all that he is doing. And also Deacon Riles. They asked me why y'all was starting so early, and I said, I think they're trying to prove a point because I got on them last week about starting late. And they caught me by surprise today. But I want to say thank you, Riles, for making sure that we start on time so that we could do God's will in a decent and in order. And also, uh, before I hand the mic back for our benediction, thank you to my dad, uh, Reverend Jonas Matthews. He's here. And my mom, who's online. Because every day while I was feeding you all, he was getting food ready for me. And I usually don't, I usually don't have that in my life anymore. So I thank him, and I thank my mom, who religiously listened to our broadcast. So much so that she was telling me what Reverend Tillman said this week when I quoted him wrong. So I know she's listening. So thank you. As we depart from each other's presence today, we want to remind you all, don't forget to give. And also, don't forget to smile at someone, even through your mask. The young lady came in today, and she said, you can't tell that I'm smiling because I have this mask. And she's an educator. And I said, I can tell that you're smiling because I can look in your eyes and see God in your eyes. That's what I wanted to say to her. So as we dismiss from each other, uh, listen to the ushers. The ushers will dismiss you from the back. 
And please just be patient with them as we just dismiss because COVID is still real. Thank you, everyone, for taking time to be with us. May God bless you, and may heaven forever smile upon you. Pastor. Let me thank you again for your hospitality, for your prayers, and for your patience. Uh, I know, I said this is, I think this is the second time I've been the first African, and but the first time that Pastor Tillman was not here, and so uh, I think he would appreciate me just acknowledging all of our guests who are here today from out of town and across this globe who are sharing this worship in this sacred space. Thank you for being uh, a part of the worship service at First African Baptist Church today. Uh, and again, uh, I will continue to pray for this church and ask that you will, will pray for us. Uh, Brother said we are, we are on 113th Street, but we are also in the process of getting ready to open in the next three or four weeks a second campus south of our, our city campus and uh, I'm ready to get that monkey off my back so pray pray for me and uh, pray for the work that God has for us to do collectively so we serve a God who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can either ask or think according to the power of God that is at work in us. Amen. Shall we stand? Oh God, how we love you. How we praise you. How we thank you for this time of worship together. We ask that you would bless the leadership First African Baptist Church of Savannah, Georgia, bless Pastor and Sister Tillman and strengthen them today. We pray, O oh God, for each and every member. We pray for the work that you've assigned to their hands as we come out of this dark time that we've been in for two years. Enable them and empower them, O oh God, to establish their priorities, to excite their praise, and to extend their proclamation to the world that is so desperately in need of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Bless all of those who've come to share today and we pray that your spirit would go with us as we leave this place. And now unto him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding great joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, dominion, and power both now, henceforth, and forevermore. The church said amen, amen, and amen. I want to ask you to take your seats once again and remain there as, as the ushers come to escort you out of the sanctuary. May God bless you. May you have a wonderful week in the Lord. Remain connected to us as we build God's kingdom together. Join us on Facebook at the historic First African Baptist Church and our website, firstafricanbc.com. You may also contribute through an app called Givelify, G-I-V-E-L-I-F-Y. May God bless you 
and thank you for worshiping with us.